like to call a wheel slob kebab. Yeah, right. Hey guys, welcome back to the podcast. I love this podcast because you don't know if it's coming out every week, if it's coming out every six weeks. I just like to keep you guys guessing. Hope you all had a really good holiday break. I feel like everyone is like, I feel like we have like a collective depression right now. Like I honestly am not depressed. I feel like I'm actually like the most content and like happy I've ever been. Not to brag. Sorry if you're like miserable right now. But I'm also at the same time like, wow, nothing really has a point. Like literally nothing matters. It's just been really hard to like think that anything fucking matters. Just me? Okay. First off, rest in peace, Bob Saget. I genuinely cried probably more than I should have when I heard. I, like a lot of latchkey kids in the 90s, had like an unhealthy obsession with family-oriented television. I remember the first time I saw Danny Tanner sit down with DJ and like talk about feelings. I was like, what the fuck is this? I like truly, and for years I was like, oh, that's just something that happens on TV. Like dads aren't, don't do that. That's, that's crazy. But they do, like some do, I've heard. Um, but I'm obsessed with family-oriented TV. I'm re-watching the Kardashians right now. I know that Picard, people think it's like, funny or cool to like venomously hate the kardashians which i find like fucking creepy i feel like they're like a rorschach rorschach test whatever don't fucking quote me on that i feel like what you look at them like what you see when you look at a kardashian is just your subconscious like they're not whatever the fuck you're seeing when you look at them that's it's actually not there you need to fucking relax like there are actual like oil barons out there that you could be like trolling on the internet but instead you're like talking to this like 22 year old like lip kit maker i don't know i think it's fucking sad anyway i'm rewatching the kardashians first time i saw the kardashians i was like oh wow so families really do like talk through their issues and like communicate their feelings to each other that's insane if you're from a dysfunctional family that's pretty crazy i also watched the harry potter reunion if you're feeling depressed definitely a pick-me-up i know that jk rowling is like the devil she's not really in it which is good um but it was just fun if you also were a lonely latchkey kid in the 90s you probably liked Harry potter too but i didn't get like they were talking about how it was like a message like it was like a message for the outsiders like it's okay to be different how harry was like everyone fucking loved harry like harry was like popular since he was a literal baby And, like, everyone just, like, sucked his dick and, like, did whatever he said and helped him, like, win at life and, like, saved his life all the time. And, like, I don't know, like, Ron and Hermione weren't trying to stand out. I feel like they were just a bunch of basic Bettys. I would say Luna Lovegood was, like, the only weird, quote-unquote, weird character. And they, like, made her feel weird. They, like, made fun of her and stuff. So I didn't really get that. I don't really think it's, like, for outsiders. I think it's just, like, fun and cool and... We all loved it. Oh, but there was an actor in the special who... I forget which actor it was. I think he played Mr. Malfoy. (laughs) Mr. Malfoy? Um, Draco's dad. And he was talking about how Harry isn't the real hero, which is, like, obvious. He's, like, useless. But that Draco was because he, like, broke the chain. Like, he was, like, raised in an evil family but, like, became good. It's sort of like what, like, therapists and everybody are talking about right now. Like, cycle breakers like family cycle breakers i like teared up i was like oh shit that's fucking deep draco really did change that pattern that's not easy draco 
Okay, on to Bravo Universe. So I don't really go into Vanderpump Rules on here because it's like, what the fuck is ever happening on there? But the Lala Randall thing, I've definitely been peripherally... I'm curious. I'm like, what? Wow, right? So I listened to this podcast, Not Skinny But Not Fat, because it was an interview with Lala about Randall, and I wanted to know the deets. I'm just nosy. I just want to know the deets. And it was so cringy. Like, I'm, I'm sure... This is probably like a beloved podcaster, so I'm like offending people, but I, she just like, you could tell she was like uncomfortable with like deeper subject matter. And she just kept telling Lala, like, but aren't you grateful that you had a child? Like, you had a child out of it. It's like, yeah, no shit, Sherlock. Like, don't you think Lala has already looked at the silver lining of this horrific relationship? I just hate people who are like, they're emotionally immature, but they think they're just really positive. It's like, no, you just like, you're uncomfortable with emotions. Like, that's all that is. You're not like, and then she said something like, like, obviously he was very manipulative, lied all the time. He probably has narcissistic personality disorder. He will probably never get diagnosed. And Lala was just trying to share what she went through, share her experience. It's very good for people to hear this stuff so that they can avoid finding themselves in that same situation with a manipulative person. It's just, these are good things to talk about. Like, she isn't saying this to villainize him. This is the father of her child. She obviously probably wishes she had more positive things to say about him, but right now she doesn't. This is like the reality of what she went through with him. And the not skinny but not fat host was like, well, don't you think that like everyone has like good and bad in them? Yeah. Like, what are you even saying? We're not in third grade. Lala didn't say he's fucking Voldemort and we should locate all of his horcruxes and fucking get rid of him permanently. Like, what are you fucking... People are so like... It just bums me out because I feel like a lot of influencers who get massive audiences get that because they don't, they're not really like nuanced or like, you know, they're just like these big personalities. And it's like, now we have to hear every dumb fucking thing that comes out of your mouth because you have like 8 million followers on Instagram. Anyway, it was a cringy interview. And then someone else from like the Bravo universe was like, like mocking Lala on Instagram and was like, he was just being his authentic self. Like if you had a problem, leave. You have no idea what you're talking about. People who listen to like manipulation and like gaslighting and like psychological and emotional abuse stories and don't relate, just feel lucky and walk away. Don't like correct people or give your opinion because you clearly haven't been through it. Otherwise you would not be that rude. No one would ever be that rude to someone going through what Lala's going through if they could relate to her. So this person clearly couldn't and was just like, Randall's charismatic and like fun and rich. Just shut the fuck up. People are so like, why are you beating up on this person who's like literally just going through a hard time? Keep your fucking opinion to yourself. Like he's fine. He's like, she's not, it's a Bravo liberty compared to like the producer of the Irish man. <laughs> what the fuck was the movie he produced called? Whatever. Like a Scorsese's Biffle. Like he's going to be fine. Randall's fine. Okay, Real Housewives of Orange County. I can't with Jen's creepy shirtless husband. Why? Why? I feel like it makes sense if these women are with like a stupidly rich guy who's a total creep. It's like, okay, yeah, he's like paying for the lifestyle. But when you're paying his bills, what? Like this show is a prime example of the double standard. Men don't have to do anything. And women have to do the most. Like, Jen literally has, like, injected every part of her body to look, like, 20 years younger. And this motherfucker can't be bothered to put on a shirt for school pickup? 
what in the fuck? I just feel so bad. And then you got Emily with Shane, that fucking loser. I wanted to murder him when he was, it was like his, I finally passed the bar because California lowered the score party. And he, when the belly dancers came out, which is like, I can we stop with like the stupid fucking entertainment at these parties? You guys could like donate that money to a soup kitchen. No one wants a fucking belly dancer in your backyard. It's just weird. Anyway, so these belly dancers come out and Shane grabs Emily's stomach and says, this is the only belly I care about. Get the fuck off of me. And she like laughs, like forces a laugh. Ugh, I just hate it. These women are all way too good for the men and they're not even that good. That's how low the bar is. Also, I appreciate Heather as a TV character, but she's so extra. Like you're threatening Shannon. If I were Shannon, I would have laughed in her face. I really wanted Shannon to laugh in her face. Like, what are you gonna do? What are you gonna do, Heather? You're not married to the head of the mafia. You're married to a successful plastic surgeon. What, I mean, to wake up with a with a new nose bridge? What, I have, have a new eyebrow arch? Like, how, what, are you, what are you gonna do? Shut the fuck up. She's, she's extra. You're gonna, that's a, that's not a threat. It's a promise. Shut up. Poor Shannon. I like, I, well, you know, Shannon's a hot mess, but I love an OG and I really do. I don't want to lose her because then I feel like the show will really be like completely different. I like Noella. I, she's completely baddie, but I really like her. I love the like pettiness of the Instagram tag. I also love how like she's Shannon's only friend this season so far. And Shannon's like trying to understand like why that's a big deal. She's like, yeah, you were tagged. Like, that's crazy. Like in Shannon's day, you had to like fuck somebody's husband for it to be a big deal. And now Noelle's coming in with like, how dare you tag me in this photo? I love it. But I get why she doesn't want to be around like fake thirsty people. Like, she was just betrayed by Sweet James in, like, a very big way. But I like her. I feel like she's so sweet. Watching Nicole, how she dealt with Noella crying at that lunch was, like, Nicole showed us exactly who she was. I can't with people like that. And she's like, people are looking at us. Bitch, there's cameras around us. We're on a television show. All of America will be looking at us. I know. I feel like when your husband leaves you in the middle of the night and like serves you papers in Spanish with a bouquet of flowers, you go to an Applebee's and you cry. That's what you do. And if you're lucky, you have a friend who doesn't make you feel weird about it. Ya bitch. Okay, on to Real Housewives of Miami. There's been like a million episodes of this. I'm obviously not going to go through all of them, but we have our first lesbian housewife or um, Julia's bisexual, but I think Martina's a lesbian, but queer, same sex, housewife relationship. I love to see it. I love Martina. I love how she's like a grouchy, just wants to milk her goats in peace. Julia's a little slut though, just kidding. Julia does push the boundaries. I feel like that foot massage, that foot massage was pushing it. When Martina got mad, like I got scared. I was like, oh shit, what's Martina gonna do? Also who's, and I, I hate to talk about their appearances, but who is recommending the filler nowadays? Was there like a, some sort of like a viral TikTok about filling your face. I feel like everyone is like filling the shit out of their faces. Especially in Miami. I swear to God, these girls are just, it's like, what's her face when she turns into a blueberry in Charlie and the Chocolate Factory? It's getting to that point. Also, I love how Larsa says she doesn't understand the etiquette of dating as if like 
in 2021 you have to like bring them the head of a goat or something. It's like, it's always been the same. It's like, who do you want to fuck? Are they nice? Cool. And they're making such a big deal out of Lars's OnlyFans. I feel like everybody has an OnlyFans. Although I don't think everybody sends feet pics to like correctional officers and like tries to date them. That was, that's special to Larsa. I also love how the lesbians met by making eye, intense eye contact with each other, and but they didn't get together until eight years later. That's like the gayest thing I've ever heard. Oh, and the wild backstory to, um, what's her name? Julia. I don't know if, I mean, I'm sure everyone knows this by now. She was married to a billionaire, maybe a Russian billionaire, a billionaire from somewhere that isn't Miami. And they were married and they had a baby, a son. And then the son, the, the like infant son mysteriously died. On the show, she said a babysitter shook the baby. But like, I think the hospital reported it as like natural causes. I don't know. There's something shady around the, the death of the baby. Because it was, I think I read in an article that he, the baby was in the husband's care when this occurred. But on the show, Julie made it sound like it was in her care and she had hired this nanny. I don't know. I don't know what the co-parenting schedule was between the billionaire and her. But then the billionaire mysteriously dies. Well, not mysteriously. He's murdered by someone who he was sleeping with. They said his mistress, but I don't really know. I don't know what that means. Maybe it was like a sex worker. I don't know what that, what I forget what the actual details were, but they said it was a bondage session gone wrong. And he was like tied up in latex and like shot in the chest. It's like, that's not a bondage session gone wrong. Like, I just love the mainstream media's understanding of bondage is there might be a loaded gun in the room. Like, there shouldn't be. That's not what bondage is. No one's, like, brandishing a loaded gun. That's... Anyway, so she killed him, and that's good for her. Just kidding. I don't know. I don't know if he was nice or not. He's a billionaire, so he's not nice, right? Anyway, crazy that that's her backstory. And then God bless Alexia. She's carrying this season on her back. Her life is nutty. So her husband, her ex-husband has died and he was secretly in the closet, never told her, allegedly died while having sex with his boyfriend, his secret boyfriend, who has a huge penis, also allegedly. Well, that's not really alleged. You can kind of see it on Instagram. And then her, she breaks the news that her dad did the same thing. Her dad was in the closet and died still in the closet. It really is true that if you don't pay attention, you will date your dad or mom or parent. So watch out for that shit. Alexia's older son is such a piece of shit. Like I, I don't like her fiance and I don't like the way her fiance talked to her oldest son. But the story that just came out about him assaulting his girlfriend, he, the neighbor witnessed this, like saw her, him ripping his girlfriend back into the apartment by her arm after like she was like screaming because he kneed her like in the groin to the ground and started like kicking her all because she wanted to, they were having a fight and she wanted to spend the night somewhere else. Um, and so he like physically, aggressively and physically assaulted her. So he can go all the way to hell. Um, but I love Alexia's relationship with Frankie, like watching Frankie come and hold her during that conversation that they had on the last episode was so heartbreaking. I love Frankie so much. She's probably feels so lucky to have him. And that guy being like, what do you do? What is Frankie supposed to do? Why can't Frankie just live his life? I don't know if you checked in, but the economy's a shithole. And the modern day capitalism doesn't really make accommodations for people with learning disabilities or any sort of disability who are just functioning on a different level from like neurotypical people. There's no room for that in any 
industry or company. So like, I don't know. I say live your life, Frankie. And I just hate the way that her fiance spoke to her and like makes her feel he's such like a douche. But I saw on Instagram that they already got married. I was hoping that that wouldn't happen. Also, we've seen Larsa's areola like 900 times, I feel like. Like, just in her confessionals. I feel like there's a lot of, like, hints of areola in the Miami confessionals. Also, white women, can we stop doing Asian as a theme? Like, what was that sushi party where they had that woman, like, dressed as, like, a geisha, and then some of them wore, like... Just, can we not do that? It also, like, I don't know if that was an Asian woman, but was I the only one who thought, is that a woman, a white woman dressed like an Asian woman? There seemed like something really problematic there. Also, Alexia's older son's bail for violently attacking his girlfriend was $1,500. I feel like the, the state should just come out and be like, we don't really give a shit about women. You can beat them at a low, low cost. I mean, he's such a rich guy. $1,500, I feel like that's, like, an expensive parking ticket to him. Anyway, that's fucked up. Okay, Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. I can't get over how funny Lisa Barlow's opener is. The way that she, like, in her deadened Long Island accent, I don't care if you like me. I love myself enough for the both of us. She, like, yells it at you. It's so funny. I don't think she, like... They were probably like, hey, do you want to do that again with, like, a little bit more inflection? And she was like, yeah, sure. I don't care if you like me. I just love myself. I just imagine that that's how that went. And I can't with Mary's comments. I know everyone knows by now she didn't show up the reunion. I think she's done. I think that's for the best. She legit runs a cult. Now apparently she was dating that Cameron guy. I don't know if you guys saw the photos of that, but Cameron's, like, sitting on her lap. That guy who said he was... I think the term was like religiously exploited or like religious trauma, traumatized religiously by Mary. I think they briefly dated. I just can't. She's got so many. And then she, the way she's talking to Jenny, first of all, Jenny's the hottest housewife. Can we all like, she's the hottest housewife, definitely on this franchise. No offense to the SLC ladies, but like currently on television right now, I think Jenny is so hot, so stunning and they just need to fuck off. And no one, none of these crackle barrel going women thought to stand up for her thought to be like yeah don't say that she's telling you an offense don't fucking say that like fucking meredith coming in with well i don't know if it'd be offensive fuck off get out of here and then mary imitating jenny's voice and meredith just letting that go and like smirking and being like don't do the imitations like shut up like just say that's offense it's like it grosses me out how like unoffended people are by some of the most offensive shit And then Meredith's piece of shit husband, like making comments like, I'll treat you like my second wife and talking about how nice Whitney's tits are and then licking the nipple on that cake. Oh my God. Like literally I can't unsee it. It's so gross. He's so gross. And then he was like, yeah, you golf with your wife, like talking to Whitney's husband. He was like, oh, that's so stupid. And this guy's probably like, why? Like, I enjoy my wife's company. Why would I literally marry someone whose company I don't enjoy? You douchebag. I fucking hate that, like, 1950s bro humor. You fucking, you hang out with your missus? Like, yeah. Yeah. I actually made the choice to spend my life with her. So, makes sense. He's such a douche. 
Also, I feel like when Mary made that, I love slanted eyes comment at Jenny. Jenny should have looked her square in the face and been like, why well, just love when eyes look like they're nearly falling out of sockets? Because like, don't make fun of anyone's eyes, Mary. You truly look like you can see my bones. And then in that conversation where Jenny's just trying to say it's not okay to say racist things, shouldn't have been, shouldn't have been a controversial statement. Meredith directs the conversation back to her in, in beautiful, privileged white lady fashion. She goes, well, it goes well beyond prejudices. And I like how her going beyond prejudices was like them making fun of her or something or like them like hurting her and her son's feelings or something. She's like, that's way worse than racism. Like, what are you fucking talking about? I'm not going to defend Jen, but like it was one tweet about your son being a twink lady. We got to move on. Hiring a private detective? She wasn't even the one that tweeted the word twink. She just faved it. Like, what is the private detective going to tell you? Like, so twink is a term that's often used. Like, what is what information is he feeding you that you don't know already? Oh, and then Whitney asking Meredith a question, and she puts on her sunglasses. I can't. And then her stupid husband being like, this is the best party I've had since I was in the balls at McDonald's. Like, he's trying so hard. I don't know what he's trying for exactly but he just is trying really hard and then she they like try like they're trying to get information about out of meredith about like what exactly this private investigator found oh because she got threatening phone calls that's right it wasn't just the twink tweet there were threatening phone calls or something alleged whatever and she said the private investigator said it was extraordinarily likely that it was jen i'm sorry you paid good money to some private quote-unquote private detector which she said on private detective But she said on Instagram that it was like a digital spy or something. Some fucking made up term. And all he could come up with was that it was extraordinarily likely it was Jen. Isn't that what you already came up with? Like you thought there's a really good chance it's Jen. So I'm going to hire a private investigator to find out if it's Jen. And he just came back with it could be there's a really good chance it could be her. That's you deserve your money back. And then, oh my God, Jenny's daughter saying she doesn't know how to make mac and cheese. And then Jenny being like, it's on the fucking box. It's like, okay, well, she's still like nine, you know? Does she have the personality of a 25-year-old? Yes, but I feel like just lend her the recipe. That's what she said. She said, can you lend me the recipe? It was the cutest thing. I love Jenny's daughter. And then, yeah, it ends with Jen getting in Lisa's face. Jen is clearly dealing with a lot of shit on this party bus because like I... I don't know. I just feel like this is all misdirected anger. Like, does Lisa really deserve to be screamed at just because she's like friends with Meredith? I don't know. I feel like, yeah, I don't know. But they're screaming at each other and that's how the episode ends. And that's it for this week. I know that there's a million more shows coming on this week. I will put out another episode, hopefully in a few more days or a few more months. You'll never know. All right. Bye. You don't have to like me. I love myself enough for the both of us.